This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. Three, two, and one. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's our last live show of the year with the crowning of the trivia champion, an eight ball episode preview, and a look at what we should have learned from the big events of 2022. Like, never make fun of Jada Pinkett Smith. Here with us today, we have the Grinch who sold Christmas, OG. Then from LenPenzo.com, Santa's head elf. Nah, it's only his slightly more jolly friend, Len Penzo. And lastly, our writer who's promised us she'd stay off the eggnog, so I hope that's a milk mustache, Paulette Perhatch. And now, a guy who's going to lead your Benjamin stack into 2023, it's Joe Saul Seahai. Well, guys, I can't believe we're here already. It's our last recording of 2022. Hey, I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. Doug, thank you for the open and uh, happy holidays to you, my friend. Ready for a nice week off next week? You're letting me have the week off next week? This is news to me. And on to OG. Hey, OG, how are you doing, man? Perfect. I just had my birthday. You did two days ago. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't look any older. You look exactly the same. I get younger every year. Yes, and more handsome. Like Benjamin Button. (laughs) And the woman who... How do I transition from Benjamin Button to Paulette Perhatch? (laughs) I have no idea. Aging like a fine wine over here. (laughs) I'm 40 and a half this month, so there we go. Happy half birthday, Paulette. Thank you. Yes, happy half birthday. You ready for a big week off next week? You, You take a week off next week? I'm not taking a week off, but I always tend to like take my time off when everyone else is working and then vice versa. So when, you know, you travel for the first seven months of the year, I just got a big assignment that's going to be due basically on New Year's Eve. Oh, so, um, no. I know. Oh. I'm not that sad about it, though. You know, I'm really not. I'm excited. I'll be having fun, but it's always a big time in my business because it's right before I launch Powerhouse Writers. And all the writers are like, it's New Year's. I didn't do the writing I wanted to do this year. So there tends to be a lot going on in my world, and I'm kind of just used to it, and I'm okay with it. I would rather have a super breezy summer and work during the winter. So that's kind of my style. How did you manage to get a plug in there for Powerhouse Writers? Did you see how I did that? Did you see how I did it? It's awesome. You wonder how, and that's what writing is all about. There's going to be like two more later in the episode. She's a ninja. I like to eat, Doug. (laughs) Do you? So, yeah, there is. 
I'm wondering now after that, by the way, about the marketing of powerhouse writers. Like, do you go on and buy a bunch of Facebook ads at two 30 in the morning no, on new year's day, no. feeling regret writers about your 2022? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be a tap water writer. Okay. I like to be a LaCroix writer. There it is. Upscale. And the guy who's already cuddling up around the Christmas tree in his bunker, Mr. Len Penzo joins us. How are you, man? I am fantastic. But what I really want to know is, Paulette, do you write any of your Christmas themed, uh, do do any of your Christmas themed writing with the Christmas alphabet? Oh, God. I sent a dad joke. (laughs) Take cover. Save yourself. Um, Have you ever heard of the Christmas alphabet, Paulette? Gee, Len, what's the Christmas alphabet? Well, it has no L. Just a holy wait. No, let, Come on. let the pause go. Go here. Let the, let the silence there it, drag I out. I found it. Uh, OG, I got to it first. Yes. But OG got he to won. it twice. Just to make it. No? All right. Well, on that note, we got a great show today. But before that, Len, have you ever heard of the New Year's alphabet? No. <laughs> Why don't you tell me? <laughs> yeah. Before they say the first letter, they do this first. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. We got a great show today. We're going to talk about the big things that we could learn from from 2022. We heard from Katie Gaddy on uh, Wednesday from Morning Brew. So let's hear what a roundtable has. Let's go. Well, I thought we'd start with uh, the old man. 
here in the basement. Mr. Penzo, bring up one thing here that you learned in 2022 from an event of 2022. What's a big event from 2022 we should learn from? Well, I think one of the most obvious ones is, and I think a lot of people have gotten complacent here, the stock market does not always go up. I mean, I think people have, have over the years Whoa. have thought Wait a investing is kind of easy. Yes. Blowing my mind. Did not know that. What are we doing here? Why are we even putting money in it if it doesn't just go up, Lynn? What? Well, what can I say? And that's just a fact. I, I think a lot of people are actually quite shocked this year. I mean, I've heard a lot of people talking about like it's the end of the world. And when it's really not the end of the world, I mean, stocks do go through the year and they'll finish lower than they started with. But uh, it's not the end of the world. And I, I think that's the corollary to the to the stocks always don't always go up. As you're speaking, I'm thinking that there are people that have been writing on the internet now for 14 years and have not seen a down market yet. Mm. I mean, they had little downs here and there, but not like they had this year, Land. You've got people that are presenting themselves as gurus that I know a person with a book who's about to come out who calls themselves a money guru. Uh-huh. They were not investing in 2007, 2008. Had no idea. It's the first time a lot of us are are seeing it now. Yeah, and it's understandable. I mean, if if you've just started getting investing in, say, right after the last big, what was it, the crash of 2008, I guess, 2009, when stocks were in their last sustained fall, I, I guess it's understandable, but uh, it's not the end of the world. And it's no reason to stop everything you're doing and stop investing. I mean, you just have to be a little more careful, maybe put a little more in cash if you want, but uh, it's not the end of the world. And it's something that actually happened more often in the past. It's just, we've had this tremendous run with the stock market over the past decade or so. I want to tackle this topic from both uh, OG and Paulette's profession. Paulette, I want to start with you. Have you had more writing assignments this year that are all about the doom and gloom in the stock market? I remember a mentor telling me early on, that if you watch the popular press, the stock market any given day either soars or plummets. And imagine if you got on an elevator and your two choices were soar or plummet. Like what, what a horrible thing that would be. And yet, as you know, that kind of sexiness sells. Have you had more of those types of assignments this year? No, I don't usually do. I usually do more along the lines of like creative business you know, the, the overlap between creativity and business. But I like what my friend Terry Trespicio said, you know, people are freaking out about the recession. Definitely with some of my clients, we've talked about how everyone's kind of obsessed with the idea of recession, you know, and I think that there is this kind of domino effect for sure, where it's like, well, everyone's talking about it. And then everyone starts acting like there is a recession. And then, you know, people lose their jobs. And then people feel like there's a recession, you know, so it's hard to know what's the chicken and what's the egg. That's funny. It's almost like we will it into existence. Oh, mm-hmm. it's got to be. Because we all think it is. Yeah. Oh, gee, does that ring true from a financial advising point of view that we kind of tuck ourselves into the negativity? Well, you know, most definitely. I think from a planning standpoint, if you're not paying attention to your to your personal kind of talk, your mental space, uh, you can quickly kind of spiral out of control. And I want to also add something to what Len said about this is kind of the first decline that a lot of people have experienced. There's been a couple of close to 20% declines over the last 15 years, you know, since 2008, 2009. But this is the first time that it happened with the money that you have today. I'll talk to people and they'll say, oh yeah, I I stayed the course. And when it went down 20% in 2012, I was fine. 
or when it went down 50% in 2007, I was fine. It's like, well, yeah, you did it with that money, but now you have this money, which may be five times more than you had. You know, it's easy to do when you have a $50,000 IRA and it goes down to 30. But when you have a $2 million IRA and it goes down to 1.2, we think in terms of our earning capabilities. And when we see numbers that equate to years and years and years of work, like I just lost four years of work. Like I have to work and not and save every penny for four years to, to make that back. It's kind of the first sense that we have that volatility is, is real, but that doesn't mean that you should do anything different. That doesn't mean that you should stop investing kind of like what Len said, but uh, this is a, a fun lesson for a lot of people. Well, let's talk about you guys individually as, as investors based on what OG said, Len, for you, you're in a spot where you decided to retire this year, right? And you've got a stock market down. You got this recession discussion. What does that do to your psyche? Like, has that changed your strategy at all? Um, well, yeah, I got more cautious uh, earlier in the year just because I was, things looked kind of, they were headed down and, and I, you know, I'm retiring, which anybody will tell you the worst time to retire is <laughs> right in the teeth of a bear market. I mean, that's just the absolute absolute worst time to do so. So I went to cash for quite a bit of my holdings in cash just as a defensive move. Normally, I wouldn't do that, but I, I did it because I knew I was retiring. And so I wanted to kind of protect myself a little bit, at least feel a little safer because OG makes a great point. When when you're just starting out, it's all relative. 20% might seem like the end of the world, but when you're my age and you've built up a pretty good nest egg, it hurts. Nice flex. <laughs> it hurts more when you see that number so uh, it's just psychologically, it's something I didn't want to. Well, the percentage see. is the same, Len. Twenty percent is twenty percent, but the dollar amount is what we feel. We don't feel percentages. You know, that's why I think it's really funny to to see people do like risk tolerance questionnaires and that sort of thing. And they're like, "Are you comfortable with a twenty percent decline?" It's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." I don't, I don't you know, what's what? I don't, I don't go to the grocery store and spend. 0.5% of my income this week. You spend dollars, and when you see the you see the statement. And Fidelity and TD and Schwab and all those people, they do, they do a nice job of going, this is how much you had. This is how much you have today. Look at how much it's gone down. You know, they, they put that right in your face. So it, can, it feels let, a lot. Let me say this. Uh, realer. When you're younger, you have plenty of time to recover, okay? But when you're an old guy like me, there is one thing with math that with respect to losses. If you have a portfolio and you lose 50% of your portfolio – and I'm not trying to scare anybody here. This is just from an older person's perspective who has less time. You have to gain a hundred percent to get that 50% you lost back. So, you know, the guy with not as much time like me, that means more to me than somebody who's young and, and you have plenty of time ahead of you. It's not an issue, but it does tend to be an issue for older people who have less time to recover. Good news is, Len, I was looking at a piece in Financial Planning Magazine yesterday about, which, you know, all the kids are reading these days. I was looking at withdrawal rates and study after study shows that if you can make it during your bear market portfolio, if you have enough money to make it now, your, your effective withdrawal rate's not like 4%. It, it's like, a, you could take out like 11. You know what I mean? If you can make it work on the amount of money that you have right now, then things will naturally improve over time and it ends up being being pretty good. So for, from the other standpoint, if it works during the bear market, it's pretty close to an all-weather portfolio. Yeah, you're golden. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you, Paulette, because being mid-career, 
you know, you look at this and I'm wondering if you've got the same, the same outlook that Len has on it, thinking about the bear market. Oh no. Cause I'm, I'm not old. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lynn, I couldn't resist. God. No, that's all right. That's all right. No, I mean, I do tend to have that, you know, oh, well, like, I'll be fine and, you know, I can catch up and things like that. But yeah, it's not that true anymore. So I do know that as much as I can afford to invest right now, I should be investing. And I think I'm still 25 years out from my retirement. If I ever retire. I'm never going to be like, thank God, no more writing for me. Woohoo! Speech time for me. <laughs> but I do want to retire. And so just trying to put as much as I can into it and, and close my eyes. I think that OG had such a great point, though, that when we talk about it, we talk about it in percentages. And a part of writing is knowing that people feel things so much more when it is parallel to how we actually experience them. So we do not experience percentages. We experience... $40,000, right? Like we yeah. know if I say 15% to you, you're not like feeling a lot. If I say $40,000, then the feelings come up, right? And we act on our feelings as much as we try not to. We usually do. So I think that's a really good point. So I, I'm not looking at it. I have plenty of time. I am a young woman with a good part of my life ahead of me. Hopefully. Still time to find a sugar daddy. Just but you, <laughs> You've talked about Paulette about how you started late. And about how mm-hmm. really for you, this is, I mean, assuming that you can keep work, right? And you could put food on your table that you can eat. This could be an opportunity for you. Like the market being down truly could be a good thing for you. Yeah. I mean, as long as you have the time to, to watch it come back up, then, but I want to acknowledge that like people do suffer in a recession, right? And I think it's important that we all look at global and national events, not just like, what can I get out of it, but taking everyone's experience into account, Right. Sure. No, which is exactly why I started with if you can eat, right? If you're not getting laid off from your job, if the stuff doesn't hit you, there is a light at the end of that tunnel and it's not a train. Oh, gee, let's get one from you. What is uh, another event from 2022 that maybe we should learn from? I want to put a pin in, in Len's first one real quick. And I have one other thought, if I may. And really, it's just that if you're experiencing any sort of emotion associated with your portfolio, right? Hey, I'm really, I'm really sad that it's gone down or, you know, I'm frustrated or, or nervous or, or concerned about the future. That means that the money is not tied to a goal and time frame correctly. Because if the money is tied, you know, Len, you're like, Hey, I got to make a hundred percent back people. I mean, the math, obviously you're correct, but people underestimate how recoveries work. And in every example, since the beginning of time, the stock market has always achieved newer highs. How long that takes, does it take from 1968 to 1987? To your point, Len, that could be, you know, kind of long if if that were kind of where you are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, because it's 20 years is a long time for you. But for the rest of us on the panel, not as long. But for you, you know, 20 years is... Yeah. That might be all of it. <laughs> that might be it. There might be, might be a lot more, a uh, lot more yesterdays than tomorrow's. But Len's already circling the bowl. He's <laughs> yeah, kind of circling the drain. But my point is, is that if you're looking at your portfolio and you're like, "Oh crap," you know, I feel really concerned about this. You need to make sure that the money is tied to the time frame that you need it. Because if it is, and and Len, I'm, I know you said, "Hey, I put some money in cash," but I bet you you still have 20 year money invested. 
right? Like if you're like, I need oh, yeah. money in 20 years from oh, now, of course. that money's invested. The money that you need tomorrow can't be invested because you can't predict tomorrow. But I can say with pretty high certainty that 20 years, the market will be higher. So make sure that your goals are aligned with your with your money and that'll help. That's funny because I would totally say the opposite about like feeling sure about tomorrow versus 20 years from now. Have you read The Road? <laughs> like... I don't know. <laughs> the Cormac McCarthy book? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a bright outlook. Well, that just comes down to faith in the future. I I, I just, I mean, you, where I, I, I got to imagine it? that. Do you have some? Can I bring up one thing, OG, that you brought up about 20-year money? When I crunched my numbers and I decided, determined that I was ready for retirement, you know, I used my numbers. I did an ex- I really went extreme and I said, what if I have 0% return? over the next 20, 25 years. And that's what I based my numbers on. So, you know, I'm not dependent on an average of a 7% return over the next 25 years. So that's, that's why, I mean, I still sleep well at night. So tons of flexibility. Yeah. That's that. And that's that's behavior up to that point for sure. If you get a 0% rate of return over that time, not only is Paulette right, but you're living in a cave or a yurt with, with just as many guns and grain by your side as you yeah, could get. Exactly. A yep. few, few hogs. Len Prepper. Prepper a Len. Hogs. <laughs> a whole different lifestyle if we get a 0% return. I don't think I like the tone of your voice about don't that. Don't forget Joe. the cans of Coke. <laughs> well, but that's right. The economy is going to continue. It's the growth of companies. And the stock market is in voodoo. It's just a uh, reflection of the economy continuing over a long period of time. Uh, OG, what is our next topic? So I've got a couple, but I'm going to go with the uh, gigantic crypto implosion of the last uh, eight or 10 weeks. Well, I mean, it's been going on for the entire year, but finally came to a head when that uh, thief walked away with a couple billion dollars. I imagine he'll, uh, he'll get himself a little Bernie Madoff love as well. Man, this thing about crypto, it's such a turn just to see, Paulette, just the change in the mood of the average person toward crypto. Like at the beginning Mm -hmm. of this year, we walked in in January going, yeah, crypto, yeah, might be having a little bit of a bad day, but it's going to be okay. We're all relying on crypto. And now I feel like we're a house divided. We've got half the world going, oh, yeah, I still believe in crypto. The other half going, "Uh, man, I don't know. It's weird to see the change. No, they're all going, we told you so. Yo, good point. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying, uh, <laughs> I'm with Doug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean I don't have, I don't still have Bitcoin. I mean, I've got it, but I don't expect it to do anything ever. I haven't looked at my Ethereum pile, little tiny pile of Ethereum in, uh, imagine the number you saw last time divided by four. That's your new number. <laughs> it's a good day. Paulette, where do you think crypto is going? <laughs> You know, it's the same reason I don't have any because I don't get it. I don't understand it. I was just listening to, this, listening to something from Warren Buffett where he's like, you know, I think it was his partner actually was like. Oh, yeah. Charlie Munger hates it. Yeah. He's like, the reason our principles have not caught on is because they're very boring. And I think that especially as someone with ADHD, it's like I can get all excited in the fancy and the crypto and the this. And I'm like, bring it in. It should be boring. That is one thing I've learned about investing. It should be boring. So. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going to happen with crypto. And one thing I love about life and getting a little older is realizing how many things you can opt out of. I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. I took my little deposit once a week. There we go. I love that idea because OG Buffett said another great Buffett quote, since Paul brought him up, is there's no such thing as a called strike. 
And that's a big aha, I think, that a lot of investors have to get. Just because everybody's talking about it doesn't mean I need to own it. Yeah. And and ultimately, whether it's crypto or gold or anything that doesn't produce economic value, right? It's you're holding on to it for potential speculation. You know, there's just really no benefit in anything that doesn't produce income. How do you and I don't mean like real estate, I'm talking about like Coca-Cola makes income and Apple and, you know, companies. So it's like, how do you value it? That's the hard thing, right? It's like, well, I think maybe next year it'll be worth more. It's like, okay, Paulette, you're like, how do you have faith in the future? Well, because I think that men and women will still be shaving in 20 years from now and and we'll still be drinking Coke and going to McDonald's and stuff like that. And uh, that's just what I think. Maybe not McDonald's, mm-hmm. but um, Burger King, more of a Burger King guy, m- more Burger King. Yeah. They're going to make a resurgence. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> that guy from Domino's is in there. He's going to turn it around. But what do you do with crypto on that? I mean, I get the technology. Well, I don't get the technology, but I understand that there's a technology impact of it, but what's the money aspect of it? It just doesn't seem like a, it's, it's not a thing that I can wrap my head around. Kind of what Paulette said. And like Doug said, half the world's like, well, that's, that's, that's because you're a neophyte. You just, uh, you don't really understand it. It's like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Let, I feel like there's two themes here. I think theme number one for 2022 is that we've got central banks decreasing the amount of physical currency. So central bank digital currency on one side, right? And, and this idea of going to no more dollar bills in our wallet and we can track all the money versus the crypto movement where maybe we have this second stream of currency not tied to a government entity. Where do you stand on crypto here that might be different than where you were at the beginning of the year? Well, crypto, I've always said that crypto is just a speculative investment as far as I'm concerned. I don't buy that it's a store of value. It hasn't proven itself like gold has in a currency crisis or anything like that. So until that happens, it's not a store of value in my opinion. It's it's speculative. That being said, I wish I had speculated in some Bitcoin 10 years ago. I really do, but I didn't. And that's water under the bridge. I'm not going to jump in now when prices are where they're at. The other thing I think uh, CBDCs are a different animal than cryptos in that they are centrally controlled. And there's lots of things that you know, you lose privacy, you lose a lot of autonomy, and the government has a lot more control with those CBDCs. I mean, they can do things with CBDCs that you can't imagine they could do with a digital dollar that you get at your bank. The difference between a digital dollar that's deposited into your bank account on a weekly or biweekly basis, bimonthly basis. Lynn, can I ask what a CBDC is? It's a a central bank digital currency. So they're talking about Right now, the, the Fed just did an experiment with uh, some like 10 major banks using this central bank digital currency. This is a currency that will be issued directly by the Fed. It takes the commercial banks out of the loop. And there's a lot of things. They'll know everything that, I mean, a credit card company or whoever, they know too when you're buying things. But this is the government is involved. And they can do things that commercial banks can't do with the digital dollars, as I was saying. One of the things that's very interesting is they can force you, if they wanted to, a CBDC – they can expire those dollars, those CBDC dollars in your account uh, if, let's say, they want to – if they're afraid of deflation and they oh, want man, to increase really? it. Yes. So they could say the dollars that we deposited into your account on this day are good for one year. And if you don't spend them within one year, you lose them. So that's a another really 
scary thing I think about CBDCs. So that that, that, could that are totally different. Yeah, your bank right now, those dollars you get from your job that are deposit that that can't happen. So that's a huge difference between CBDCs and digital dollars. You know, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, Paulette. What is this? Because I even brought it up in my question to Len earlier. But for people that don't know what a central bank digital currency is, think about a crypto that's run by the government. That's pretty much what you mm-hmm. all Which you have like, to know. Which is like, what's the point? I don't know. Well, the point is, is that uh, OG and I have been saying since the very beginning of crypto that it's folly. It was folly all along that governments wouldn't get involved in current in this mm-hmm. currency mm-hmm. revolution. Like th- that was the big selling point back in the day. Remember? Oh, we'll get rid of the fiat. No, you're not going to get rid of. Do you think the government's going to stand by and just let yeah, that there's happen? There's too much power in it. <laughs> yes. Exactly. There's just no way that would happen. I want to make one. I want to make one more point that OG mentioned about gold having no return. That is true. Gold pays no dividends. It has no return. But in a high inflationary environment, when it comes to saving, sometimes zero return is in terms of real return. It's act, there's um, it's actually better than if you put have cash that's losing value. So zero return is actually better than letting dollars sit in the bank and you're receiving 0.1 percent interest and inflation's running at 10 percent. You're better off with the gold, which is not returning zero. But at least that's the real return is zero, not negative. Let's move on to Paulette. Paulette, uh, bring home the first half of this discussion. What's another lesson we should have learned from 2022? Uh, do not attach yourself to a person such as Kanye West. So there was a piece in the New York Times about how all these people had bought the shoes he makes. He's totally outside of my worldview. But like basically it was like a beanie baby situation where they had bought them for a ton of money thinking that they would be collectible. And then Kanye said what he said and then they became like worthless. It's like people who get a tattoo of a person. Having written my book during the Me Too era, I had to take three people out of my book during that because we found out they were not the best people. And so never putting all of your eggs in a basket held by a singular person. You know, it's interesting. I've often wondered this, OG, when we when we talk about even asset managers back in the day, people would think, well, this is uh, the Fidelity Magellan Fund, which is, you know, has always mm-hmm. done well. And because of it's managed X way or remember Mutual Beacon had a day. Like I think about all these fund and these fund managers, and then we go to head fund managers. Ray Dalio says something and we all go, oh, if Ray Dalio said it, that it's that it's right. But we've seen these people come and go. Uh, Abby Joseph Cohen at Goldman Sachs called mm-hmm. the 2000 to 2002. And then when 2007, 2008 happened, she was 100% wrong, like way wrong about what was going on in 2007, 2008. Well, I mean, it's just like, it, I mean, it's going on right now, too, where people are prognosticating about, hey, we're in a recession. We're not in a recession. We're going to be in a recession. The market's going to decline. The market's already declined. The market's on the way back. You can prove your way, prove, air quotes, your way using whatever data you feel like using to to kind of accentuate your point, whatever side of the argument you feel like selling right now. And I think that back to you know what we were talking about at the very beginning, if your money is not aligned with the right time frame, then you have an issue with that because you're going to be constantly under stress going, oh, crap, I don't know. Since I don't know if we're at the bottom... I don't know whether or not I should invest my money. Should I keep it in cash or should I invest it? I don't know if 
Bitcoin's going up or down or inflation's going to go down or they're going to raise rates or lower rates. I don't know what to do right now. But if you have your money invested in the right time horizon, you can say pretty confidently based on history, it's like, okay, well, 20 years from now, when I need this money or when I start to retire, the first year that I retire, I'm going to need this little little tranche of it. I feel pretty good about that being invested, whatever happens right now. So I try not to spend a, a lot of time even entertaining conversations about, hey, do you think that we're kind of sort of near the bottom? Do you think, you know, what do you think about next year? There's plenty of people on CNBC that get paid lots of dollars to advertise the heck out of you about that. And that's just above, it's above their pay grade, frankly, as well. But but somehow they managed to, to make a crap load of money doing it. And um, a lot of us kind of just continue to drink the Kool-Aid. I, I don't understand why. It's delicious. <laughs> yes, that's right. Kanye said what he said, or whatever he calls himself now, said what he said. But I'm wondering from an investment standpoint, at his advanced age, their advanced age, what do you do with somebody like Buffett and Munger? These guys are getting up there. Len, do you invest in a company like Berkshire Hathaway at this juncture with a change of guard that could happen tomorrow? I'm not. And that's not, doesn't anything to say one way or the other about Berkshire Hathaway. But um, the thing I want to point out, I, I think a roundabout way that OG uh, just mentioned that basically what he's saying is nobody cares. You you shouldn't care what anybody predicts. It doesn't matter if is unless you're trying to time a market top or a market bottom. It it's irrelevant. That's why we dollar cost average. That's why you just you stay consistent and you buy the same amount if you within reason every month. That smooths out all the noise, all the highs and all the lows. It ensures that you will never buy too high all the time or buy or sell too low at any time. So as long as you're not timing the market, just dollar cost average and everything's going to be okay and tune out whatever everybody's predicting. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But still tying yourself to these people, I'm going to go back to the same question. Uh, OG, somebody like a Buffett at his age, do you tie yourself to Berkshire Hathaway now? Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's it's no different than saying, should I buy Apple stock right now? I mean, Tim Cook could, you know, bear mace himself or whatever, whatever you're talking about, bear spray himself <laughs> at any moment. That, right? I people mean, might hear that later. <laughs> yeah. There's all sorts of stuff that could happen. I mean, CEOs get fired or changed. Or if you said, hey, I think at the beginning of the year, I think Twitter's the best investment in, in known to man. I mean, all of a sudden you don't own that stock anymore. Now, now what do you do? If your fortune's tied to Elon Musk, it's like, oh, minus 50% in Tesla stock. So I think it's the same thing for any of that. Should Berkshire Hathaway be part of your portfolio in, in as much as it's a part of the national investment? Sure. Yeah. Should you put all of your money in Berkshire Hathaway? No, but you shouldn't do that with any company. I mean, although Berkshire is probably a little bit more diversified than any other organization, I suppose. Now, on the other hand, the theories that have made Buffett successful over the last 70 years, I think, are pretty sound. And his theories aren't his. They came from an investor before him who also was pretty successful over 70 years. But you don't think that a change at the top changes any of that? You think it's just a system well, and a change will. at the top makes no, it? No, of course it yeah. will. No different than you know if Tim Cook announces tomorrow. I mean, look at what happened with Disney just a couple of weeks ago. All of a sudden... On a Sunday evening, it's like, oh, yeah, that CEO's out. This new CEO's in. Like, does that change Disney? Of course it does. Does it change it for the better or worse? I, I guess we'll see. A lot of people well, think Well, I think Berkshire Hathaway more so than any other company. I mean, that company is, that's 
Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger's baby, basically. So I think that would be a huge sure, difference. Sure, but he has if he doesn't left. run those organizations. He has all of the individual CEOs of each one of the companies. You know, now the investment plan moving forward and how they deploy capital probably change, I would imagine. Well, because people would say that that's the magic of Berkshire Hathaway is not the CEOs of the companies. It's that they have these companies in their portfolio in the first place. Yeah, right. Paulette, it's it's interesting, this point you bring up, because uh, Scott Galloway was on the show and talked about hero worship earlier this year. And I was already starting to feel that way, like this hero worship that we had at the beginning of the year with not just Elon Musk, but also with people like Tim Cook or Bezos or any of these tech giants. I feel that people are starting to question that. Like, why am I, why am I assigning these people more time and my and energy than maybe they're responsible for? Yeah, I think it's all about the principles. Like if you're like, oh, I like that principle. I like this principle. I've been watching The Vow. If anyone's been watching The Vow, it's like about this crazy cult leader. And he used a lot of principles that were correct. So even someone that terrible, you can be like, well, yeah, that works and that works. I don't think any of this other stuff works. Or like if you found out that this person had an affair or, you know, cheated on his taxes or something else where you're like, I don't agree with that. And I think that's terrible. It doesn't mean that they own the principles that they practiced, right? You can still say, well, yes, that's a principle that I believe in. And yes, that, you know, that's something that I actually maybe learned from that person, right? And you don't have to throw out the baby with the bathwater, but also I think try not to have that hero worship in the first place and understand that everyone's a human and what you are seeing might be a certain side of them. This isn't a political show, but I hope that some of this gets adopted in politics because this idea over the past, you know, 15 years increasingly that politics is a football game and I'm either one team, I'm team red or I'm team blue is just complete Mm -hmm. BS. It is just, let's be Mm -hmm. team principles because one person doesn't have all the, all the magic. One color doesn't have all the magic. Drives me crazy. Speaking of drives me crazy, guess what time it is, everybody. Oh, we got a very special segment today because we finished, we brought to the finish line again Mm. another year of our trivia challenge. And there is no trivia question, but today there is the coronation of a winner. Our beautiful trivia winner. Isn't she lovely? And with a a trophy uh, that if you watch the video, you will see is uh, directly from the dollar store. Karen Repine, our producer, bought this lovely thing. Uh, OG, you want to show just how kind of deformed this trophy is? And Paulette's oh, gone. Bye, Paulette. Hi, Paulette. <laughs> it's like, Paulette's like, I don't care about your winner. I do not believe in or support the trivia challenge. There it is. Wow. And That's not I will, even as cool uh, as the trophy I got for Pinewood Derby and on. Cub Scouts. I got I to gotta put my name on there again because it did wipe off. Oh. It's got a little uh, dry erase thing here so it's, so you can <laughs> claim it. And for those people listening, by the way, Paulette has left the show. She just walked out. I just wrote I just wrote my name back on there. I had it, I had it erased just as we tried to figure it out, but it turns out... I am the champion. No time for losers. Normally, guys, like in Formula One, the the top three drivers get to give a nice little speech at the banquet at the end of the year. So I thought we'd do something similar. Paulette has already walked out of the room. Hopefully she comes back. (laughs) I think something happened with her internet. But uh, Len, would you like to make a speech as the first runner up, my friend? 
here at the end of the you year? I'm the first loser, in other words. Yes, I'm the first, <laughs> the loser. first loser. I I will say congratulations, OG. But uh, thanks, sir. I must point out you are you are only now attaining a pinnacle that I have reached two years ago. So the back to back. To be fair, it's really uh, you know I I kind of sort of didn't participate for a little while in the Friday. I, thing, so. You were mailing it in. You, you were didn't mailing apply it in. Yourself. I didn't participate. I wasn't part Next of it. Next year is going to be the the year we'll determine who is the true dominant. Next one. year's the year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I love the fighting spirit. <laughs> I might let you win one. Because we're all about the long game here, Joe, I think I'm going to set it up so Paula and Paulette win the next two years. And then it's going to be three <laughs> years from now before we can settle this thing once and for all. We thought we thought Paulette that you just walked off. Like, forget it. I'm not acknowledging. Well, I didn't want to cry on camera. So, <laughs> so at Formula One's year end, the top three drivers get to give speeches. So Len just gave a beautiful speech as second place. <laughs> Paulette, it's your turn for a speech. Any words you'd like to say here at the end of the season? I would like to thank Facts for being out there. Facts we don't know. Facts we never wanted to know, and um, facts that we still will not remember after hearing them on the show, because we refuse to learn anything from the show. I truly believe those are words of wisdom. Not that you refuse to learn anything, but that the trivia might be facts. No, we learn a lot on this show. That's why it's funny. The facts during trivia time, though, may, might not be. And by the way, Paulette, <laughs> I do have to say, and Len and OG, you guys will point this out. What a turnaround, Right. When Paulette got on that run, the second half of the year, Len, was crazy. Mm. Yes, it was very impressive. I, I And it's good. The, the added competition is good. We've really got to – I don't know if we have to start giving Paula some help or, you know, for next year. Maybe we <laughs> give her a hint. Teach her how to Google as fast <laughs> as Paulette It's did. almost embarrassing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shots fired. I said it. <laughs> well, I will not levy that. I will say this, uh, that, that we did have – we did have one competitor this year that has has come very close to the answer that uh, I'm not sure why you cheat on our trivia question and a lovely person but I'm but but I'm really when you figure out how how there's really not uh, not a lot um, you know it's not like she's going to get a, a piece of that trophy how do we fix that OG oh I have an idea Len I'll I'll share it with you later please do it's a setup I think it's time for the award. And big thanks to our good friend Eric Williams in Detroit for giving us the award. I'm sending this certificate to you. This is a milk bar cake gift certificate mm. from Eric Williams. Mm. Oh, holy cow. That's wow. very fancy. That's, that's a pretty nice wow. deal. I'm jealous. I'm jealous now, too. Yeah, that's, those are like three different things. Milk bar cake. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's Transmission. Like my head hurts. Uh, tires. <laughs> We're just naming nouns now. <laughs> absolutely deliciousness. So, uh, congratulations, OG, and Thank we're you. gonna we're gonna take a couple weeks off <laughs> trivia at the beginning of the year and start it up again, just to let lens cool down. No problem. Oh, I'll get you next year, buddy. Don't don't you worry. All right, but you know what we're gonna get right now? I'll tell you what we're gonna get right now. Take on this holiday season with the help of Navy Federal Credit Union. 
When you use the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card, you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases. And you know you want to pay your cards off every month like you should. At the very least, save money into a separate Navy Federal savings account so you can build that cash reserve and make sure that you don't get into credit card debt. Because when you do, listen to these rewards. You can redeem your rewards as soon as you earn them with the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card. Using the Navy Federal mobile app, well, that makes redeeming easier than ever as well as moving your money around at Navy Federal. Enjoy the rewards of cash back without any annual fee, balance transfer, or foreign transaction fees. There's no limitations on rewards, and they never expire while your account is open. Learn how you can get cheer to last all year with the cash rewards card at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, rates are variable and range between 12.65% and 18% APR based on creditworthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend, Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do. A shout out to, he is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? Uh, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join, open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they have a 24 seven help for their us based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy federal org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy and Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the second half of our last show of 2022. We actually have a full week of shows next week. It's going to be the shows that most inspired us. And while OG and I will kick off those episodes, we're looking back at some of our most inspiring guests of 2022. But let's dive into this second half of the show brought to you by Magnify Money. Paulette, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money? You have to minimize the screen as soon as your spouse walks in. <laughs> You've got that toggle right away. Alt yeah. tab. Control yeah. windows. Control oh, windows. I know the answer, Joe. Are you comparing interest rates again? Did I catch you comparing interest rates? <laughs> yes, you did. Well, well I'm she sorry. sounds Shopping around. <laughs> I look at that. Oh, you think 3% is great? Are you all about 3%? <laughs> is that it? You know, 92% of the banks doesn't mean they're all ranked head to head. I feel bad for the other 8% of banks. I didn't know where I'm going with this. StackyBenjamins.com slash magnify money. And uh, you can compare bank accounts against each other, savings accounts, checking accounts. StackyBenjamins.com slash 
Magnify money. Let's let's hit the second half of this. We'll go in reverse order. Paulette, what's another thing we should have learned from 2022? So in the same vein, if you're building your own business, don't attach yourself to a single platform. So, you know, Elon Musk came in and basically just disrupted so much about Twitter. And I know I feel terrible because writers especially put so much work into building a community on Twitter. And then some billionaire comes in and like throws a tantrum and now like no one knows what's going to happen. So it just shows the importance of if you are building something, making sure that you're on your own foundation that you built. And, you know, you I definitely use a lot of other people's platforms definitely to help me build it, but I wouldn't be devastated if Instagram went away or Facebook went away or, you know, MailChimp went away. I would still have the email addresses. So in a lot of different ways, making sure that you're building your own foundation for your life and not relying on some other company. Boy, what a great lesson there. I mean, what a very public lesson there. Oh, gee, no matter what business you own, building a foundation, I think, is huge. Well, and like Paulette said, making sure that you know kind of what is supporting all of that. How many times have we used technology or a tool to aggregate all of our data? Or um, I'm a Microsoft money person. It's like, well, now you're not. (laughs) It's like you have to be the one that, to your point, Paulette, you've got to own the data. So if you kind of give up control of all of that stuff, you're at the whim of somebody else. And this, I think, looking at your career, why I think, you know, we've had so many experts on here that talk about make sure every project you do at work is a resume builder, right? I mean, back in the day, my dad worked for a company where it was 30 and out. And th- those days are long, long, long gone. Like your company doesn't own your career anymore. Your foundation's got to be that resume now. Your LinkedIn, the people, the projects you're working on. Yeah, it's projects and, uh, you know, and, and P, you made a good point too with people as well as I mean, the more people, you know, too, but, but, uh, yeah, you always want to be growing. You don't want to be stagnant. Uh, if you're in a technology field like myself, it's imperative that you continue to grow. You can't rest on your laurels. That's another thing that a lot of people do. They'll do some great project early on and they'll try to rest on their laurels. And before they know it, two or three years down the road, everybody's passing them up on the corporate ladder. And they're wondering why. Well, it's because you're, you're resting on your laurels and you haven't tried, you haven't continued to grow. The, the key is to continue growing and learning and making yourself better. I feel like Len just did the corporate version of the post-game interview in the locker room where it's like, hey, we just had to focus on our game. We just had to, <laughs> we just had to <laughs> win one for the team. It's all about the team. Have a good game plan. Yeah, we had a good game plan. We worked really hard. We put in a lot of work this week. We're excited about next week. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Put this one behind us. One game at a time. You know what, though? It's true. It's true. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make it any less true. And I think this social media stir up is just a good reminder of that, that it is true. What, what happened yesterday does not mean it's going to be like that tomorrow. Anything can change at any time. Oh God, now Joe's doing it, too. <laughs> yes. And so we need to win this week because we don't know what next week brings. You know, they, the, the other people are playing a good game. The other, the other people, you can see how sportsy I am. The other people. The other people. people. On the, on the great goal unit. Go my favorite sports team. Score a goal unit, basket. Sports ball. <laughs> Put the round thing and the square thing. OG, please save us. Hashtag goals. Oh. What's, the, uh, what's the next thing we should have learned from 2022? I've got that uh, a recession is better than inflation. So we'd much rather have a recession than long-term inflation. Lennon was talking about this earlier, about how the real returns are really what, what ultimately matters. Your after-inflation rate of return. 
And if inflation is left alone, then you have high turnover, you have high uh, cost of borrowing, you have high prices. And if your money is not keeping up with that, then you have you run a really big risk of running out of money. So the cure for that is increasing interest rates to kind of knock down that uh, that high spending. And it's not very pleasant. Uh, recessions kind of suck, but recessions are a better outcome than long-term high inflation. So sometimes we've got to take the medicine and that's, that's kind of the lesson. Yeah. You know, I like the old phrase that we all have to get medicine sooner or later, and we always want our medicine as a pill, but sometimes it's got to be a shot. Recession is the pill version and inflation is the shot and nobody wants the shot, right? That's painful. It's uncomfortable. It's a, it's a shocking event and it hurts, but recession is the better of the two options for medicine. I will say this, inflation tends to affect everybody unless you're really wealthy, whereas a recession doesn't necessarily affect people evenly. Mm. So, I mean, if you have a good business, you can tend to weather the storm a little better, whereas that inflation, you're, you're not going to get away from it. It's going to hit you. I think the thing about inflation for me is that who had this on their radar a year ago? You know, that inflation is, is, you know, nine years out of 10 or even 19 years out of 20, this is like the silent thing. We don't even think about, oh, the price of stamps went well, like up. like 40 or, years out of 41. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. It's, 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 been low for, it's been low for everyone's entire life, basically. I mean, except loans. <laughs> I, I, wow. I just remember, you know, it's something old people don't always bitch about. Oh, the price of eggs. I can't. I hate the price of eggs. You go to the gas pump lately, you know? And now, man, that's everybody. Yeah, you don't that's, have to be that old. Complaining about you're that one way. of those people now. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Paula? You don't have to be that old to be that way anymore. It's like 18-year-olds. No, like, not now. Yeah. Remember 2019? But who had it on their radar? I mean, Paulette, sticking with you, was, was inflation even on your radar a year ago? No. Not at all. Yeah. Len? Uh, well, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but yes, it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But that's because well, in, in, Len, in, in hindsight, Len how could it not Wait a be? minute. Hold on a second, OG. Let's just be clear. Len has predicted 18 of the last four downturns. <laughs> So of course, Len thought that there were that there was going to be hyperinflation. Oh, it's not hyperinflation yet. <laughs> yet that's still coming, right? I mean, the data was exactly. there. The data was there to see in terms of all of the extra money that got kind of stuffed into the economy during during COVID. But I, I don't think many people wanted to acknowledge that that was going to be the outcome. Except Len, of course. Len, Len was like out there with the sandwich sign. The end is near, you know, on the corner. <laughs> he's all he's all disheveled hey, this is the with his beanie on. This is the his, first year I've been able to say I told you beard. so in, in a long time. Repent. The end is near. You know. Are you the prophecy? Yeah, I think for the average person listening to this show, they would say it didn't even register a year ago. It was yeah, maybe no, okay. It wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's wrap this up. Len, what is uh, our last thing we should have learned from, from 2022? Well, I'm going to say if you add everything up, you know, the inflation and the recession that we're in, and then even the things like the FTX uh, scandal and, and some of those crypto scandals where things that are blowing up, I, I think this is the year we've learned that risk management I mean, it's more important than ever, um, and it's something that we should all focus a little more on, whether that means 
keeping in mind that when you're speculating in things, it could be much more dangerous than you might anticipate. The fact that you have to keep closer watch on your portfolio now. Um, it was a lot, it was a lot easier when the stock market was going up to kind of almost set it and forget it. But now you're going to have to actually pay more attention to your portfolio and maybe rebalance once or twice a year. Take a look and, at that a lot more closely. Um, you might want to keep a bigger emergency fund just for who knows what else is coming around the corner that you can't see. And, uh, maybe you might want to reconsider taking on more debt. So I think. Risk management is something that might be more important. Yeah, I think a big year for risk management. Wow. And after, you know, looking at companies going into COVID, thinking about risk management, this has been kind of a recurring theme, I feel like, a few of the years lately that we didn't have after that big run-up, right? We had that 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 huge run-up. Paulette, I was just reading a story that a lot of young, wealthy people don't invest in stocks. They invest in all this hot stuff, this go-to-the-moon stuff now, right? I can see what you thought of me. As, yeah, absolutely. But has Len nailed it here? I mean, are these people going to learn a lesson here from 2022 that maybe we need to stick with the basics? Um, Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a kind of bragging factor around it. I've been watching White Lotus, which if anyone's been watching that, like there, it's just like there's this cool factor of finding the new thing. It's like, you know, you used to be that band that you heard before anyone else. And now it's like this obscure investment that you found before anyone else. So yeah, I think it, we don't want it to be boring and it needs to be. And that's like such a huge lesson. Do you think social media created that? Like we can brag about our investments now in front of a wider group of people, which gives us FOMO? Yeah, oh God, yes. My fellow young, wealthy people, lend me your ears. Yeah, it is the flashy thing, right? Where it's it's all about a certain look and what your life looks like for other people, I think has become so much bigger than it now, used Len, to be. I'm sorry, on to White Lotus, because I think I'm interested in this too. I, I am, because I, I wanted to, Paulette, is that is that the thing where you put your leg behind your neck and then you, you kind of contort <laughs> to the, is that what that is? Paulette? No, Len. It's a TV show. I have friends watching this show that said it's really good. I'm not watching it. Any of you guys watching it? Doug? It's so good. Oh, it's Doug, so good. No? Especially about like the, the first seasons were great. The second seasons, like a lot of income stratification. Good themes. friend of mine was talking about it literally two days ago. Said, you watch White Lotus? I'm like, no, I haven't, haven't watched any of it. He, he said the same thing. Fabulous. Fabulous show. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's, I think it's going to do it. For today, I think that's a great wrap up, guys. At 2022, I can't believe 2022. It feels like we were just introducing the year with a magic eight ball. Now we're about to introduce a new year with another magic eight ball episode, first week of next year. Let's find out what all of you have going on where you live and work over the holidays. Uh, Paulette, what's going on with Powerhouse Writers? I know you're gearing up for another season. Yeah, we're starting January. 24th this year. And to kind of kick that off, I'm doing a goal setting workshop on January 2nd, actually in the evening and really want to focus on this kind of middle way of goal setting where I think people are either like hyper hustle culture or very anti hustle culture. So it's kind of this like way to hold the middle space where you're enjoying the now you're enjoying your life, but you're also pushing yourself toward where you want to get to. Right. And just acknowledging that the best, happiest way is kind of somewhere in between the like super productivity every moment, micro tasks, 
between that and like laying on the couch all day and just watching TV. So, so finding that balance, but also setting goals for the year. Those are both on powerhousewriters.com. Oh, gee, what do you got going on over the holidays, my friend? A hundred percent of nothing. It's fabulous. I do a little flying. I've got some time to kill, so I might uh, bounce around a little bit. But uh, no, just just hanging out with the family. Going to have some nice uh, some nice meals. I've got some meals planned. We talked about uh, a week ago. Uh, didn't the whole Stacking Benjamin's standing crew come over? Because we're doing standing rib roasts and uh, yeah. potato ricers or something. Mm. But uh, yes. anyways, so. Right. One of the most gross conversations we've had on this show. We've had a lot of gross conversations. That's right. We were dry aging it in the uh, stocking. First. Yes, just horrible. Just, just uh, in the cheese cloth. But uh, no, we're just hanging out. Kids are here. We're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of family time. Lempenzo, it's always a party at lempenzo.com. How you ending the year over there, my friend? I'm uh, I'm uh, working on getting better jokes for 2023. That's what I'll be doing. There's nothing really going on at my blog. <laughs> That should take virtually no effort at all, Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I'll try to be better next year. Best dad joke. Send. Just can't. And that's at lempenzo.com. New, upgraded, under new management dad jokes. Yeah. All right, everybody. Happy holidays to all of you. Uh, Doug, you've got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, as much fun as we have trying, you can't predict what will happen in a year. So keep your emergency fund healthy. Second, as we try to navigate this recession, beware of hero worshiping. Don't tie yourself to anyone or anything, not even Kanye. Diversification is a brand new thing that we've invented here on Stacking Benjamins. Keep listening to learn more. But the big lesson, I can't believe it's almost 2023. Oh my God, I still have so far to go on my probation. Thanks to Paulette Perhatch for hanging out with us today. Are you looking to start your freelance writing business? Join her Powerhouse Writers program starting January 24th to power your work, your words, and your writing potential. Check it out at powerhousewriters.com. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash running out of time. Thanks also to OG for joining us wow. today. Looking for good fine. <laughs> wow. Not a fan of that one, Len? <laughs> Just a wow. That was a, that hurt, Doug. <laughs> that was a, that was a <laughs> that, fastball. That hurt. <laughs> you, you, you said it earlier. Okay. That's okay you if I say it. it. I don't need affirmation from you. Okay, let's try that again. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash incredibly handsome and youthful. That's more like Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. This show is the property of SP Podcasts, LLC. Copyright 2022. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Repine plotted out this episode for us and schedules our guests. Brooke Miller handles the show notes and creates our amazing newsletter, The 201. Tina Eichenberg makes this video version of this show, and both Autumn Seahigh and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. Not only should you not take advice from these greaseballs, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. 
or lead pencil. Did you know that diarrhea is hereditary? No. Runs in your genes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, speaking of diarrhea, did you know that it actually it, it actually is diarrhea awareness week? Runs till Friday. I do remember that one. Just bring that one on the honeybee Len. Just like Cash and Go. Do you know it's diarrhea awareness week? What do Alexander the Great and Winnie the Pooh have in common? Oh, boy. Both have three names. Same middle name. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the neighborhood. What, what do you call a million rabbits walking backward? Kill me. Kill me. <laughs> Stab me in the eye. Please, can someone murder me virtually? Is that a thing? It's a receding hairline. It's a what? It's a receding hairline? <laughs> A receding hairline. <laughs> Paulette, it's a receding hairline. I didn't even hear the joke. I just heard that there was another one coming. Okay, last one. Last one. My neighbor has been mad at his wife for sunbathing nude. I personally am on the fence. <laughs> no. No. This is why I only keep bear mace in my house and not a gun. In case OG shows up with a joke book. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great video, Paulette, like, macing herself after one of OG's jokes? <laughs> and that's finally the video that went viral. Yeah. Like, finally. She took she's one for the enough. team. Yes. She's, she's dying, and she's like, F*** this, Paula. <laughs> is, there, is there something for prep on this? Because uh, there's nothing in the Yes, in the there was. And we <laughs> talked about it earlier this week. Out, like a week ago, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's not on the it's not We on need, the three, calendar we need three, three events that happened this year, uh, just so you have an extra one, because you're going to be asked to talk about two. What was an event that happened this year uh, that uh, we could learn something from? So then we'll, each of us will bring something up, and then we'll bandy it about and have a and uh, after talk show about takeaways. is what two big events that happened to you or one big event that I happened might have to just you had it with Paulette going kill me kill me it's yes, just I diarrhea jokes it's I just diarrhea jokes for the after I mean you started yes. with like the the diarrhea song from the 80s that was a good that was a good uh like road trip song the diarrhea so, song when you're sliding into home and you feel something foam Oh no! Diarrhea. Oh God! Go on. I I mean, yeah, I could. Yes. All right, let's record.
We are, we have we're, been we're recording. recording. This is all out there now. <laughs> this is all good. I'm yeah, glad. Well, picture my entire family in a minivan coming back, hour 23 and a half, coming back, driving back from New Jersey to Florida. And uh, yeah, it was great. Good times. You're not going to finish gonna it, though. Are we going to do a though? show, though? Should we do a show? You got to give us the rest of it. The whole That's song. That's it. That is the whole song? When Just that one oh verse? Oh, my God. I have to text oh. my family. You're sliding into home and you feel home. Diarrhea. That's it. That's the whole thing. And then you just, there's lots of different ones. That didn't even cover a mile of the trip. No, I I mean, they were endless. Well, that's what we want to know. What what are the other ones? I don't know. I was like seven. Giggling the whole way because you got to say diarrhea. See, Paulette with her diarrhea jokes. This is why I only have bear mace in my house and not a gun. Right. It's okay when she, have you noticed? It's okay when she makes the inappropriate <laughs> jokes. I mean, when we make the inappropriate jokes, she's just, she purses the lip, she rolls the eyes, but then she comes out with them and they're gold. As long as they're funny. Oh, I that see. That is my only <laughs> standard. It was, it was a receding hairline. Receding what was the opener? Hairline. I don't even remember. What was it? What do you call a big group of rabbits walking backwards? That's funny. Receding hairline. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. How do you how do you sneak up on a really individual rabbit? I don't know. Unique up on them. Oh boy. Yeah. Gotta go. Okay. All right, let's record. Should we call her on speakerphone? Yes. Duh. Call mom. As one does from the stage of the Oscars. Obviously. Hi, Mom. You're on speakerphone with my podcast buddies, and they want to know if we remember any of the lyrics to the Diarrhea Diarrhea song. (laughs) We just kept making them up. It was so silly, and we just kept throwing new ones in, and there were five of us in the car, and somebody would come up with a new one. (laughs) I feel like when you're sliding into second was on there, too. I forget it, though. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember any of them. It's been a long time ago. We should have recorded. So wait a minute. So, so mom, are you saying you just kept plopping them out? Oh my God. All right. I love you, mom. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Why, why would, why, why can we even talk about, about that? No. I got to go get my bear maze. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.